0: This is the EWN Podcast Network.
1: you've made it, you're about to enter the Florida luxury lifestyle. I'm Debbie Waisaki, your personal guide and host. And on today's podcast, you're going to meet my very good friend, so good in fact, that my kids even call him Uncle Kenny. And he's going to share with you about one of his passions, which is heal the planet. It's a nonprofit. And he's going to share some of his thoughts behind that and how we can really improve the planet every day by making a few simple lifestyle changes. So I want to share with you a little bit about my friend, Ken, before I introduce you to him. And I have just had the pleasure of working with him in many capacities over the years, including real estate, which we'll talk about on another episode. But he is the founder of Heal the Planet. And at 17, he began his first business. Now, Ken and I met 25 years ago, I think, because Trent is going to be 24 and it was before I, he was even a thought and he and I were working together in real estate, but Ken always had this amazing passion for the planet and sustainability and things that were organic. And um, I remember when we bought this name and uh, now he has made it really his daily uh, mission To improve the planet. So Ken, I'm going to turn it over to you and share briefly um, your vision for Heal the Planet. And then we're going to talk about some of the programs you offer, which are amazing. Okay, so take it away, Ken. I'm so happy to have you here.
2: Thanks, Debbie. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so, Heal the Planet, as I, you know, I think I previously mentioned to you, was originally going to be a for-profit company uh, with organic products that that donated half its profits to uh, charities that Heal the Planet it was never meant to be its own nonprofit. But the way spirit and the universe had it, uh, we started teaching kids our Seed Program, which we maybe speak about later. It's a six-week program, SEED is an acronym for Sustainable Energy Education, um, which we've now taught to over 12,000 kids in local public schools. So, um, you know, my my basic belief is that how we show up on the planet, the choices we make for ourselves uh, directly impact our own health, the health and well-being of others, as well as the entire planet. And that each of us is really accountable and responsible for the choices that we make.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because every little, it's like the butterfly effect. Every little thing we do um, has major impact, even if we think it's small. So that seed program is so amazing because we need to know how to grow our own healthy food, I think. And uh, not buy the packaged stuff at the grocery stores. And I remember um, you bought a Buffalo company when I was working with you. And uh, that was one of the things I think that was going to go into Heal the Planet.
2: Yeah, there were a few things uh, that were business oriented, like the nature doctor skincare and the buffalo meats, which are raised sustainably and uh, without uh, hormones and steroids and things like that. But in the end, like I said, the universe had other plans in mind. And here we are uh, five, six years later with a a nonprofit that uh, is having tremendous impact. And by the way, our slogan is small act, huge impact. Because
1: that's oh, quite a great uh, tagline.
2: Yeah. So most people think that they can't make a difference. Oh, but what about what's going on in this country and that country? And, but that's really just people. It's almost like the not enoughness, right? That they don't matter or not worthy or whatever they do is not going to make a difference and that's really an illusion because everything starts within us. How we how we see the planet, basically outer experience, how we experience the world around us is a reflection of what's going on inside of me or a ref- reflection of inner reality. So, um, anyway, we teach about that too. <laughs> a lot of I things think like-
1: it's important because those aren't topics that People teach in school because they don't have time. And it's like you said, how you show up.
2: Yeah, it's not part of our education system. And actually, we'll see. It's very interesting. I mean, I think it's way ahead of the conversation we're going to have during this podcast. But you'd be surprised. We've had meetings with the president of Museum of Discovery and Science, as well as the principal of St. Mark's Episcopal uh, Elementary School. And all of them want to bring in programs. Uh, they're asking us to create like a full year program uh, on nutrition, sustainability and power of choice because his kids don't feel anything they do matters or will make a difference. And that is totally an illusion and not true. And so we want to teach people that every choice they make is that they hold all of us hold the power to make a different planet and uh, just an illusion if we think otherwise.
1: Well, I will introduce you to Dr. Jason Roberts at Calvary Christian because um, I know a lot of kids there Feel that way but that's an illusion like you said so and if you start them young um they even as young as five they understand that hey we have a little problem here but how can we fix it and if you lead them in the right direction give them options they are like little sponges and evaluate everything and come to their own solutions and become um Difference makers is what I call
2: them. Yes. And the other the other really important thing to recognize and mention is that the consciousness of the entire planet is actually rising at a geometrically progressing rapid rate. And I think if anything, COVID situation, this whole pandemic is actually sped that up because it slowed people down, right? It almost shut a lot of things down gave people some time to reflect on how they're showing up on the planet in kind of an organic manner, like people didn't even understand that this was happening to them. Well, nothing's happening to us, but it's happening for us. But in reality, you know, I think this pandemic created a lot of it got people the opportunity to see how Mother Nature cleaned the entire planet up when things slowed down. Correct. People had a time to slow down and reflect on their lives and the vulnerability of, how, you know, we're just here on this planet for a visit. And how do we want to show up on the planet? And what kind of planet do we want to leave for future generations? So it's really interesting um, how this is all occurring along with with kind of this organic, uh, I don't know, you know, like I said, rising of consciousness and people being more aware of the choices they make. And I think this is, a this is a statistic that close to 50% of people in our country are willing to pay a little more money for products that are organic, sustainable, won't harm the planet. So that's a pretty big leap in the right direction just right there, so.
1: And I think a little later on, we'll talk about it because most people think that um, it's super expensive, but it's not super expensive. I mean, another illusion, another illusion. (laughs) Yeah, if it's I, I can put a meal together for the same price that someone else could go to a fast food store for or a fast food restaurant. But I want to talk about Earth Day, which we just shared together. I was fortunate enough to be an exhibitor there. And it made me write a book very quickly that had been on my to-do list, which um, was how to make your existing home more green. And there were over 90 tips in there. And we made I was going to print it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. We should make this an ebook, So it would be nice. less paper and trees. So we did print three copies so people could see the content of it, but they could sign up for it, but share how you put Earth Day together and how you really brought people from multiple communities and and different um, uh, businesses together. Like we had had stones and we had massage therapy and oils and yoga and, and then things that make the earth truly sustainable. So I talked about making your house sustainable But what are some of the other things and how did that even come together the first time?
2: Yeah, so you, you know it's an interesting. Again, once again, I, I really believe everything in my life, including heal the planet and all of my philanthropic work, is just unfolding in this organic, beautiful way, which is spirit led, and and like the energy of the universe is just laying it all out and brings me um, all the right energetic people into the mix to make it happen. Um, it's uh, and actually the name of our event is. Is called Heal the Planet Day, not not Earth Day, even though it's an Earth Day event. And the reason for that is I didn't even know I knew about Earth Day, but I didn't oh. know that there were Earth Day events. I, yes, I literally there know there was I'd never heard of an Earth Day event. I'd never attended an Earth Day event. So I just, of course, since. The you know, the entity is called Heal the Planet. I called it Heal the Planet Day. And interestingly enough, we were trying to get this touch tank for kids to learn about sea life. And uh, they said, oh, we're booked at another Earth Day event. <laughs> has only happened like a a few weeks before our first major event and i'm like really there's another earth day event where is that you know and it was like up in tampa somewhere but um it's really interesting that i didn't even know there were such a thing as earth day events which is why we call it heal the planet day but so we my idea was just to bring the community together uh we were already teaching our seed program in public schools we already taught our six-week um seed program to over a couple of thousand kids. And uh, when we thought of having like an annual event or any kind of fundraiser, of course, I wanted it to be around empowering and educating and inspiring people. And so we came up with this idea to have um, a Heal the Planet Day or Earth Day event. And, um, you know, the first year was it's just like anything else, right? You, you, You build it and they will come. So we decided to have some live music and we had a Grow Your Own Zone. and we had a kid zone of course course with a lot of children's activities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had a farmer resource zone and I think we had a movement area. And so this was basically a collective, um, you know, our, our advisory board. We had like 15 people on it and everybody pitched in and we came up with this idea and we we put it together. Uh, the first year I showed up and I wasn't really thrilled with some of the vendors. Right. Mm-hmm. We So the following year, I said to Rachel, well, let's focus More on having more conscious vendors and healthy food. And oh my God, I was so thrilled the second year. I mean, all our food was acai bowls and, you know, just some nice healthy plant-based foods and not nothing with chemicals. And all the vendors were eco-friendly. And Mm -hmm. so we've carried that through, you know. And this year we partnered with Riverwalk and the city of Fall Lauderdale. And it was a
1: great location. uh, yeah. and you and you saying that, Ken, made me think about. Remember when Whole Foods would have the Green Market once a week outside their yes. parking lot? I think that would yeah. be a great addition to your Heal the Planet Day.
2: Uh, yeah, we're actually working on that at Snyder Park. We're working on a farmers market, a green farmers market. But so we, I don't know if you know, but Heal the Planet also does all the education in a partnership with City of Fort Lauderdale at Snyder Park, which is a beautiful have- 2 acre. Park And we do nature tours. We built an organic garden there. We participated in building a food forest and um, there's an existing beautiful uh, butterfly garden. And so we take people on tours. We teach about gardening. We teach about permaculture. And um, yeah, we have lots of educational programs there as well.
1: Well, I know my Girl Scouts, I think participated two years ago or it's two years kids. in a row when they were much younger, when they were in middle school. Now they're all in high school, so many activities, but they did one thing on drinking straws and they did another thing on balloons and yeah. uh, sea life. And so I think the more people and communities you can involve in your community, the bigger span it will have.
0: Right. So right. I
1: think it's it's growing dramatically. And um. I like the heal the planet signs on your commercial buildings. I think that's very (laughs) nice. Um, So let me go through some of the other things we want our listeners to know about for you. By the Um, way,
2: that's a perfect example, right? I had this empty property downtown with a lot of traffic. So I came up with this idea uh, to put the spread love message Mm -hmm. on this building. And uh, because that's some of our apparel and T-shirts have that spread love or love heals message. Yeah. Yes. And so I put the mural up there and now we have three or four in Fort Lauderdale and the third one going up in Burbank, California. And we're actually oh, going to create a mural challenge nationwide. I mean, these are things that just happen organically, you know, people love them and they start offering these sides of their buildings. Uh, even uh, what's, um, uh, um, oh my God, I top hat deli uh, Elliot was kind enough. He's like, would you like to paint something on a wall on, on my building? And, oh, and,
1: nice. so, and how yeah. about, um, Maya Papaya, maybe they would too.
2: Yeah, I don't, we'll, we'll see, you know, I never actually asked Adam, but you never know.
1: It's a, it's a great location. I did um, a little video down there because they have the electric bicycles for rent and the boat launch. They were on vacation when I went by, but um, I think that that could be something together. Now, one of the things was that you have on your website that I think is so cool is 100 Ways to Heal the Planet. And I know that we talked in the uh, brief video we did a couple months ago, um, something as simple as carrying your own silverware, whether it be bamboo or real silverware, I like real silverware um, and just rinsing it off, gets rid of this um, the plastic silverware that just ends up in our landfills, right?
2: Yes, uh, single use single-use plastics are <laughs> Just uh, a huge planetary concern. You know, we've just gotten so used to using plastics and throwing them away and then winding up in the landfill and the gases. Is- they emit into the atmosphere are not good for our planet or our health and the the plastics winding up in the oceans at such a rapid rate that pound for pound, even with all the cleanup efforts that are currently in place, by 2050, the statistics show pound for pound, we will have more plastic in the ocean than fish. This is the current statistic. I so. think
1: that is due, um, I know I saw your Facebook post with all the plastic you found. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that though, is due to uneducated voters um, and they, how they get rid of their garbage. And sometimes just families, they're in a hurry, they, they leave their stuff behind, but educating them and making them aware that, hey, yes, even one water bottle, one soda pop can, exactly. all of that makes a difference. And you and I both met Susie Q, who actually makes art out of trash she finds on the beach. And I know we did a a big uh, contribution to her, Girl Scouts did, Um, and she had a giant full-size wall collage that she made from all the garbage showing people what an impact they have in a negative way.
2: Right. Well, you think about you know, When you think about single-use plastics, I mean, they wind up in the oceans in so many different ways. Boats may be one of the things flying off of you know uh, individual boats or cruise ships. You know, I notice I clean the beach almost every day, and I noticed during COVID when the cruise ships were shut down, um, there's, there's these little plastic bags with a slit in them that I typically find on the beach. Um, sometimes I could find twenty five in just one hour of walking wow. on the beach. And I, I haven't seen a single one in since COVID broke out. And now I went to clean the beach and every day I'm finding three or four of these plastic bags since the cruise ships started running again. So there must be some kind of little giveaway, like some little oh, thing yeah. they're giving away when people get on the ship, they're taking the tchotchke out the bag flies away. It's not like people may intentionally throw it. But I mean, if you think we have 300 million in the 300 million, 330 million people in our country. Right. And if everybody uses just, by the way, I I forgot the actual number, but we're creating more and more new plastic at at, at a rapidly expanding rate each year. You know, we're not decreasing the amount of single-use plastic, increasing it. And it's very taxing just to make the plastic. And then the plastic itself, some of this plastic takes 400 to a thousand years to break down mylar balloons, for example, take way over 400 years to break down. And so what happens is, you know, you think you got 300 million people in the country, people use a fork or this or that, a balloon and whatever. The kids let the balloons go and they wind up in the ocean or, you know, things also, the sewers go out into the oceans, right? When things overflow during during storms. So I see in the neighborhood that I have properties, you know, these, 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 they're like rivers going down the uh, uh, alleys of some of these commercial properties, knocking over garbage pails and carrying the garbage into the sewers and then it's going right out into the ocean so that happens as well
1: yeah Um, and our sewers can't handle it on top of it Um, but one of the things i just thought about we did um we did a project that most people don't know about you know they're pretty good about putting their water their plastic water bottles assuming they're not using a a metal one like i have to say the college kids are really good about their metal water bottles so and they keep track of them at 50 bucks a piece i hope they do Um, but one of the recycling projects we did as a troop was the water caps from bottles mm-hmm. can be made as cooling vests for bomb sniffing dogs and they use that in war in our military so instead of just throwing those out really collect them and there's a place where you can send them in and they they, they make these incredibly cool vests for our dogs that um help our military
2: and yeah, that's really interesting you brought that up because uh, the plastic caps on water bottles are not as recyclable as the bottles themselves. And if you leave the caps on the bottles and you correct, don't correct. take the caps off in many of the recycling fit facilities as they go through the sorting, if it has the cap on it, it goes into the garbage. It doesn't even get recycled. Mm-hmm. And so there's a local girl here. Her name's Alexandra, who we've featured a couple of times, who has her own little nonprofit. She goes to Mm Pinecrest and she uh, has an organization called LidsOff.org. And she tries to educate people on taking the caps and lids off of jars and bottles before they're recycled so they can be recycle it's so
1: interesting like we didn't really think they were usable but one of our moms found this program and it's only the caps it's not the bottles i know sometimes they make doormats out of the bottles in different colors and stuff but this is one of the few products that they can make with the uh caps so that was a good thing like our girls were collecting thousands of them and it's so easy to do so maybe that's something she can add to her her program so um, we, I want everybody who's listening to the podcast to um, have access to all of the great resources on your website, which is HealThePlanet.com, correct? Not .org.
0: Yes. And no,
1: it is a 501c3 charity.
0: No and I think that's
1: because people type in .com much easier than .org. So good marketing move.
2: Actually, well, since, you know, I got this name 30 years ago, and because it was always meant to be a for-profit company that donated its profits to charities, I never thought to get the name.org. It was never my intention to have a nonprofit, but the universe. So I got the .com, you know, so many years ago that somebody else grabbed the .org and, and has not chosen to let us use it yet. But yeah,
1: sometimes uh, you have to bribe them a little
2: it's it's all good. It's all good. You know, Everything it's always it's
1: always, for a reason.
2: Yeah. it's always it's meant to be. And it doesn't stop us from doing what we do and, and sharing with people about how they can, you know, improve the health and well-being of themselves and the planet. So
1: oh, that's so awesome. Now, one of the things that you're working on is when Amanda went paddleboarding with you. For those of you listening, Amanda's my daughter. She is 20 and a half and she is entering her junior year at university of florida you gave her some concentrated coffee that she loves
2: and she's making me
1: some coffee tomorrow with it but um you're looking for great products developed by what we call conscious companies who develop them in a way that doesn't hurt our environment and sustains it so share with share with us a little bit about what that involves
2: yeah, I actually happen to be an investor in Jack Coffee, which is how I learned about it. I'm part of a fund that's investing in up-and-coming plant-based companies. So um, anything that's organic, plant-based, that we're definitely interested in helping these companies thrive. And uh, most of the companies we invest in are growing by leaps and bounds in market share. And so that's that's how that came to being. Um, uh, what was your question though you asked
1: I you do you have a list of I think you have the com? And that's a list of conscious companies to do business
2: with, right? Right. So, I mean, look at my personal life, you know, I try to walk the walk, um, which is being sustainable myself, you know, anything from, you know, we always carry bamboo silverware so that I never use single-use plastic silverware. And uh, when I go to a restaurant, I have a glass Pyrex, uh, you know, container for to-go. I don't use bags or to-go containers and all. All of these are some habits that we have on, you mentioned before, the 100 ways to heal the planet. And actually, before I get to the conscious buyer, I'll just tell you on the 100 ways to heal the planet, how that came to being as we, we've we now, like I said, taught close to 12,000 kids, our six-week seed program. And I felt that we go into the public schools, right, and we teach this program for six weeks. The kids are amazing. They absorb things like a sponge. At the end of the six weeks, we do a recap. The kids are already making a lot of food we teach them how to make in in the class at home and teaching their parents and siblings how to enjoy it as well. Um, And so I thought, well, what could I do? What could what could we create to offer these kids and their families and anyone else that comes to our website some just just some opportunities of habits they can change to improve their own health and well-being as well as the health and well-being of the planet. And that's how 100 Ways came to be. It, I had the idea of like four years ago, finally during COVID actually, we, we located a content creator who worked with me on it, Mariah, who's actually in San Diego of all places. And you know she's just done an amazing job. We have over 100 planetary concerns. And within each of those, There is more than I think more than a dozen habits that people could change um, in order to uh, create a more sustainable and healthy planet. And the conscious buyer came to being because my belief has always been and it's something if you look at our website, um, you'll see that my belief is. We, we each have the power to co-create the kind of planet we want to see, right? And a lot of that is through the power of what we purchase. And most people think I'm kind of from more of a victim position, like, well, you know, what could I do to change things? Well, we could do a lot of things to change things. If we stop all, all of us were educated and inspired to stop buying products that had poison- chemicals in them, right. processed foods, um, you know, pesticides, all of these kind of GMO genetically modified, you know, things. If we stop buying it, these companies would go out of business. And by the way, it's an interesting thing the fund that I'm in, I can't tell you who, but one of the major food companies invested tens of millions of dollars in this they know fund that's
1: where we're going. They
2: know this is where we're heading. Absolutely. And they just, we're just maybe not there yet. So everything we buy and everything we choose to consume has a direct impact on the kind of planet we're going to have. So if I'm buying a product And I don't know where it comes from. And there's child labor use or, you know, chemicals or, you know, anything like that. I am part of. The problem. problem.
1: Yes, we are.
2: The solution, right? So how Conscious Buyer came to being is I wanted it almost for myself because I don't have the time to go and research if I want to buy, for example, a bed, which is what was going on. I wanted to buy a bed. And I asked Mariah, who does a lot of research, and she's like, well, there's two companies, there's avocado mattress, and I can't remember the name of the other one. And Anyway, we wound up buying an avocado mattress. So we created this website called the Conscious Conscious fire with um, this, I think nine or ten criteria that I created, but four are mandatory, and the four are green, low carbon footprint, people before profits. The third one is no child labor, fair wa- wage and fair trade. And the fourth one is that they have a give back program where they donate or give back a minimum 1% to the communities in which they do business to better their those communities as opposed Absolutely. to... Training people and using them, they're actually helping these communities. So, those are four mandatory ones. There are many other criteria that um, we show for each company, you know, which criteria they meet. Um, and that's one way that people could start to choose to buy things from conscious companies. Um, and in that way, not f- support companies that are harming our own health and our planet
1: or people. So I, I make, uh, I'd rather pay double than buy something from China. That's how I. Right.
2: Well, you don't need to necessarily pay double. I mean, it may be slightly more expensive and in some. I'm just
1: saying that's my own personal philosophy because I think the atrocities that happen there are um, just incredible.
2: And I will say
1: that our parents have such an influence and we may not think they're getting it right now. Like early on, um, we had, uh, you know, I was teaching my kids, they went from breast milk to organic food. And then I'd go to the school and I'd see them trading for Lunchables to practically have a panic attack, but then they come full circle and Trent, that's my son. Uh, yes. for those of you who don't know, he, he is, um, going out and making making very sustainable decisions but when he brought his food back home I'm like this rice doesn't say non-gmo on it what's going on he goes well I never opened it, mom because I remembered what you said so um it is nice to see that our even though we may not think they're getting it they're most definitely getting it and they understand the impact they have so small decisions one person at a time add up into major changes for the planet
2: right and it's interesting you know you mentioned before how the children are absorb things like a sponge and actually what i've come to notice is that the incoming generation of children the young children have a very high level of consciousness and a very deep connection to mother nature in generally speaking and actually what's happening is because the parents you know everybody works a job they're busy they're running around they're kind of set in their ways a lot of times when we teach kids in the public schools you know it kind of up levels to the rest of the family and the parents are learning from the kids because after all the marketing of all of these fast food products and cereals and things like that they market it to kids right
1: cartoons so, on Saturdays.
2: yes, yes. and then the you- kids are telling the parents what to buy right, right. so when the kids learn in our seed program about sugar and all kinds of other things, I mean, I showed up one day at like was I think the fifth or sixth session of our seed program. I was totally blown away. The teacher was in the back of the classroom with me and and just actually thanked me. She said, I really want to thank you. She said, I've been drinking soda my whole life. In fact, as oh usually." My gosh. <laughs> There's usually a can of soda sitting on my desk. I don't remember whether it was Coke or Pepsi that she said. And she, so I'm thinking, oh my God. She, and then she tells me after you did the sugar, we have, we do in, everything we do in class is experiential. So the kids have to guess. How many scoops of sugar there are in one can of soda? And they get up with the scoop in the cup of sugar and they have to scoop it out. And there are 12 scoops of sugar in one can of soda. How they get that much sugar in one can of soda is scary. But the teacher, this is the teacher, says to me, after that exercise, I stopped drinking soda cold turkey. And I'm thinking before she had a can of soda sitting her desk, which is probably permission for the kids to go drink that. That's stuff. an eight-hour advertisement. So we're teaching the teachers, and which is another thing that came forward for me is we should start a program to teach the teachers, which we're working on now. So we're also working on a seed program for corporations as well to go into corporations and teach health, wellness, and empowerment to employees of corporations. So well, I, I th- think that's cool.
1: a great idea because yeah. I know at Keller Williams we have a um it's called agent leadership council and we have a committee that is health and wellness and i think when you're working in a closed big office building just getting out and if they had a garden someplace in the parking lot that it would be great and it's a good stress reliever when i was a financial analyst my the rainmaker was very worried about his key people so so he made sure that he bought us great memberships to very expensive gyms to release the stress so when you have healthy happy people it makes a difference and i was going to share with you also that you know as a as a luxury realtor like you know very early on dawned on me that there is never anything i could purchase one of my buyers or sellers that they can't purchase for themselves So what would be a better gift, in my opinion, was to donate to a charity of their choice that impacts the community in which they purchased. So so that's what I do as my thank you gift for doing business with me, you know, ranging based on, you know, their purchase amount between three and and $5,000, but we could never buy someone in my business something they can't buy for themselves or something that would be appreciated. So I think... Every buying decision that we make, you kind of have to think through a little bit uh, what happens to the environment. Is it just a piece of junk that's going to get tossed out, or who knows what? Something that can really impact our, our people.
2: Yeah, that, that's a whole other topic for another time because people have a have like a limiting belief that there is something that they're going to buy that's going to bring them some kind of ultimate happiness and that lasts a very short period of time until they have that product and then they look at something else that the media tells them to buy and herein we have this consumer type economy which which is buying a lot of junk and ultimately cluttering our homes and cluttering our lives and creating more stress, maintaining all of these things that really don't serve us.
1: Right. So that that's how I came up with, with that, my closing gift program, I guess, for lack of a better term. But I think just thinking through your decisions, how they impact not only the person that's in front of you, you and the environment and your community, that these small changes that we make, can make large differences. But I know here that, because we always do a little bit of prep, um, I wanna share with our listeners and viewers because it'll be on YouTube too, that um, your programs are really designed to educate and inspire people from the tiniest little kid, like you said to the teachers, and heaven knows if they knew what that soda would do to their car paint or their toilet, they can clean toilets with that. Um, it, It would be astounding. So we had a rule, even when I was growing up, no soda in the house, we could only have milk or water. I made that rule in my house and then my my husband said, no, they gotta have soda sometimes so they could have one soda per week. That was it. And then it came to the point where they don't even like soda now. And, and all that carbonation is bad for your bones. It sucks your bones um, of calcium. So there's multiple things and we could go round and round about that, but educating people is the first step and remember, please go to healtheplanet.com. You can participate in their activities. You can share next Heal the Planet Day, um, become a conscious buyer. And um, and Ken, is there anything you really want to get across to um, the people that are plugging in? Because I designed this podcast really for maybe new people moving to South Florida that didn't know how to plug in or... Um, what, what would be the top three things you want to leave people with? And then I have a couple personal questions I want to ask you.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, obviously we we try to create a lot of meaningful content on Heal the Planet site. Uh, So pick your favorite social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or sign up for our newsletter. It's a very short, you know, one or two minute impactful read that we send out on the 1st and 15th of every month. So I think that would be something worthwhile doing. And I think secondly... (laughs) you <laughs> know, just, just be conscious about what you're buying, you know, really think about prior to purchasing something, is this going to, enhance my life? Is this something I really need? Is it going to enhance my life? I think we cover this on in one of the hundred ways to heal the planet. And then really looking at where it's made or how it's made on some level so that, you know, you're not supporting human trafficking or, or child labor or, or any other kind of uh, thing. You know, we have even down here in Homestead by Amakali, you know, are these uh, field workers that we grow most the tomatoes for the country and they're not paid a fair wage. I mean, that's changing now. I'm very involved in the fair food program and don't donating myself to it. And as you know, Debbie, I fund and coach many other nonprofits and I donate to over 70 nonprofits myself worldwide. So, you know, I think it's uh, just, and then the third thing would be just like, get involved, you know, get educated, get up to speed, you know, don't just let the media, Determine how you show up on the planet and make choices for you, you know, take ownership and accountability for the choices you make every day. And so you can also educate, empower and inspire others, your children and family members to do the same. We're all in this together. You know, I think it's an old. I think Martin Luther King Jr. and John F. Kennedy, um, John F. Kennedy had a similar quote. I think the John F. Kennedy quote is something like the ri- the rising tide rate rises Raising all boats. All ships. All ships. Right. And then Martin Luther King Jr. says uh, we may all have come on different boats, but we're all in this together now. You know, something like to that effect. So we are all in it together and we all play a part in what kind of planet we have. So just ask you to consider, um, you know, really showing up the best way you can instead of just going with the flow, you know, ask questions, get inspired, you know, get empowered.
1: Right, absolutely. Okay, so the fun questions I have for you. I know you and I used to have um, lunch from this great organic restaurant, they had a chicken sandwich thing, but they're not there anymore. So what is your favorite restaurant now, where you go, whether it's um, more casual or nicer, what, what is the favorite place where you dine out out where we should share with our, our listeners and viewers?
2: Yeah, well, Green Wave Cafe, which is a little kind of hole in the wall cafe out west in plantation is a place that makes all raw organic food that I happen to really love. I'll usually go there and get two or three meals for a few days if I pick up from there. Obviously, Maya Papaya is a great local choice here in Fort Lauderdale that tries to use sustainable and organic products and the food all tastes great. So I never know what to eat when I go there. Every time I try something new, it becomes my new favorite. And I start just eating that for many months. So um,
1: how about um, like when you take Elizabeth out? Where do you take her out like to a super nice dinner? What's your favorite (coughs) out-to-dinner restaurant? I I don't
2: I don't think those kinds of restaurants fall in the sustainable They uh,
1: don't always, but sometimes I think they're working towards like I've noticed some of the restaurants they're better at their takeout take home containers, they're now turning to cardboard, which can break down much easier. But when you do go to a non organic restaurant for a super nice dinner, or somebody else has invited you, what would you say would be your favorite place to visit
2: a so little hole in the walls that are our favorite places uh, one of our weekly favorites is pomodoro it's yeah, uh I'm really by and piero uses almost everything organic and it tastes amazing um and it's super reasonable on top of it so it's a weekly favorite of ours and he makes his own homemade tomato organic tomato sauce i mean it's amazing that
1: sounds like a place we have to visit for sure yes
2: okay, yes.
1: okay. And then what do you do to like chill out? Is paddleboarding boarding one of those activities? I
2: I'm in everything today. I swam a mile in the ocean because the water was flat instead of paddle boarding. And I went for a 15 mile bike ride. Um, every day is different. Yesterday was yoga, hot yoga at Yoga Joint, which is uh, definitely a favorite of mine. So I swim, I run, I cycle, I do yoga, meditation, obviously. Um, I try to start the day with some intentions of how I want to show up. It's just a few minutes. Uh, midday, it I have- Doesn't take
1: long, uh, does it? Just a couple no, minutes to think it, about it, who you want to impact and what you want to accomplish.
2: Yeah, and where I want to focus my time and just how I want to show up, everything with joy, everything with ease and grace and, you know, that kind of thing. I have an alarm set up at noon every day where I do like a minute of breathing techniques, just take five or 10 deep breaths, hold it for five or 10. These are things, exercises we teach the kids in public schools in our seed program. So, you know, I try to do it myself and um, it really.
1: I'll learn how to manage well, stress much different than. And when you and I were working those crazy hours and yes. we would have conversations and then you say, oh by the way, where's my princess? <laughs> <laughs> so and and you have a new puppy, right? That was the other thing.
2: We do. We have a new puppy that came to us by way of Puerto Rico. She was a, she's a street mutt as they call a Sato or in the Bahamas, they would call them pot cakes. And I wasn't so sure when Good Karma Pet Rescue brought her to the house. She was supposed to be a lab mix, but she looked a little runty and I wasn't quite sure. I was like, what happens if I, this is the fear, right? You know, because one thing I can share with everybody that I learned through my masters, as you. know i I participated in a master's in spiritual psychology is that every choice we make in life comes from one or two places we make choices either from fear or we make choices from love and fear is usually our egos or heads you know worrying about what if this happens what if that and our hearts just you know really uh connect more from a different place and make make choices from a place of love if i'm if i'm you know Connected to my heart. So anyway, so when they brought Bodhi, I went into my head and got into a little fear. What happens if this dog doesn't resonate with me? And and then I'm like, you know what, Ken? She's here for a reason. You'll take her, see what happens. Just let it go by within days. I was so in love with her. She is all love. She's so amazing. It it was interesting to the experience initially, because, you know, I had Buddy, which is a black lab that I rescued from the streets of Miami almost 15 years ago and buddy was such a beach dog and living on the beach buddy loved to play ball and loved to be in the ocean every day and bodie <laughs> being the current dog mm-hmm. didn't tennis ball, didn't want to play ball, pick up the ball, wouldn't let her her paws touch the ocean water. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a different experience, Ken. You need to come into acceptance that this is going to be a different dog than Buddy and not maybe want to play ball, not or be a retriever and not want to go in the ocean. So anyway, I came into acceptance and it's interesting since coming into acceptance within six weeks, Bodhi already jumps on the paddleboard with me and paddleboards and swims and plays ball. The tennis ball is her favorite toy. So, you know, it's interesting what we think. And the fears that run around our heads and our egos, if we could just come into acceptance and surrender those and let those go, anything is possible.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be probably the most
2: important message to share.
1: I've had so much fun with you on this podcast and thank you for taking time out. And um, I want to thank our listeners and viewers for tuning in. And this is just an example of the different kinds of things we'll bring to you. We know you're discerning consumers, and we want to share with you the exciting exciting Florida luxury lifestyle happenings. So we'll have a list of events that will include Ken's and Heal the Planet, and we hope you enjoy the podcast and Please subscribe and check out also Homescript.com And you can put a forward slash go green in front of that and download our 90 ways to make your existing home more green. And thank you again for, for tuning in. And we look forward to maybe having you visit one of our amazing luxury rentals, which Ken and I started more than 20 um, years ago. It was. Uh, I
2: I want to also acknowledge you, Debbie, because things that you shared with me. I mean, I want to acknowledge you for. And making a meaningful donation instead of buying some tchotchke that a new homeowner may not even use. And for creating this online book with all these ways that you can make your house more green. And also for creating this podcast as a way of sharing, you know, your services and the community with all your clients and the community at large. So thank you for standing in your light and doing that really sincerely.
1: I appreciate that. Well, I think, like you said, we're all in it together. And I think when we we make South Florida a gorgeous place, it'll have a more gorgeous place. It'll have a butterfly effect to the rest of the world. And like I said, how we show up, even if they're not our kids, kids are watching us. Yes. um, And we're here to mentor them to be better people. So thank you, Ken. And Uh, in a couple months, we're going to interview you about real estate too. So Okay. Uh, your other passion, the Sustainable I am here. Foundation passions.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and thank you, Ken. And I hope you have an amazing day.
2: Bye, bye, everyone.